welcome to Walk Around the Block, where today we're falling back into a Halloween recap. Hello, hello, hello. Happy November. Happy belated Halloween. It has felt like a long week. Not bad, but like that Monday was about six months ago. (laughs) Is that just me? Maybe that's just me. We went and early voted yesterday. Plenty of stickers left. Happy about that. I told my husband, I feel like I want to be a poll worker. Those people, a lot of them are older. They are so nice. The guy at the door was like cracking jokes. The lady checking the ID told me I had a nice smile. They have like a full craft services table in there with any snack item you could want. I feel like I might have to look into that. (laughs) We'll see. Um, Okay, so Halloween. Halloween, you know, was great. The run up to Halloween, like the last minute prep before trick or treating started, that was a little nuts. The first issue was the Winsock Ghost. We had another calamity with the Winsock Ghost. <laughs> One of them went down after a storm like a week and a half before Halloween. I mentioned that. So I fixed it and put it back up. Then the day before Halloween, the other one goes down like out of nowhere. This was bizarre. I opened the door on Sunday night. I think I had to get something out of the car and it was just sitting in front of the door. Someone had clearly retrieved it and placed it on the porch. It was too perfectly placed and wasn't really in a spot where it would have just like blown there itself. But then I checked the ring because like I wanted to maybe thank the person and there was nothing there. Nothing. I told my husband, oh my gosh, spooky. Maybe it was a ghost. (laughs) He likes to punch holes in all my conspiracy theories. (laughs) He was like, obviously someone put it on the porch, just like they did with the other one. (laughs) I was like, okay, then why is there no ring video of it then? It is true that it doesn't go off sometimes. However, it is also true that the following things have set it off. A stray cat, a fox, my neighbor's headlights, and one very large bug. (laughs) Seemed a little coincidental to me that the night before Halloween, I would find a ghost on my porch, even if it was my own ghost with a broken string. I am just saying. Anyway, so then I had to fix the ghost, which I did the next day. It took like two minutes to fix the other ghost with a hot glue gun, so I was not concerned about this. But as it turned out, it was a complete nightmare. Part of this was my fault because because my glue stick was almost out and I didn't want to go upstairs to see if I had another one. I felt like I would just get sidetracked. There probably wasn't even one up there anyway. I felt like we just had to forge ahead. So, so I decided to take the pointy end of a pair of scissors and just try to push the glue stick through that way. Spoiler alert, it did work but not very well. (laughs) I was so annoyed. I kept getting glue in all the wrong spots, but true to form, I kept at it. It probably took me three times as long as it should have, but we got it done and I got it put back up. It might be the last year for these ghosts. I got both of them for like $14 on Amazon. I want to say this was like the third Halloween with them. 
I guess they're not really what you would call heirloom decorations. <laughs> However, now that they're a little worse for the wear, they do have some character to them. I bet I do use them next year. <laughs> uh, we also had to get the candy situation figured out. The last couple of years, we have had zero leftovers. So we got smart, well, smarter, let's let's say, this year and had a ceremonial dumping of the candy on the living room floor to count everything up and sort it all out. We had a couple bags that had been opened, some leftover from a trunk or treat we went to, that kind of thing. So just to kind of see what was actually there. My husband saw me pulling out like little Twix and Milky Ways and peanut M&Ms and making a separate pile. <laughs> and he was like, wait, are you saving those out? <laughs> I was like, I most certainly am saving them out. <laughs> he was like, I want to save some out. I was like, okay, so save some out. <laughs> so we dump all the candy we have on the floor. I was like, you take what you want and then I'll count them out and we'll see what we have and if we need anything else. We had a little separate bowl for ourselves, and then I made a big bowl with what I called big candy and a big bowl with little candy. This whole trick-or-treating thing turns into like an Olympic sport. Once it starts, it goes so fast, so I needed to make sure it was easy to grab what we needed. So we count them up. He was going to run out. He was like, I'm going to grab some more while I'm out. So he goes out. He comes home with this 80-piece variety bag. Baby Ruth, Butterfinger, Nestle Crunch, and 100 Grand. I was like, thank you for getting a bag that included 100 Grands. And naturally, you know, I went to grab myself a couple of them. So I do that, and I'm kind of like, you know, there's not that many of them. Like, where are all of them? So then I counted them up. I wait until my husband comes back in the room, and I'm like, just guess how many 100 Grands are in this bag. 80 pieces of candy in the bag. Just guess. Obviously, you know, he can tell I'm not going to tell him the number is like 40, like half the bag. He knows it's probably not great. So he's like, 10? Eight. There were eight. In the entire 80-piece bag of four different candies, there were eight 100 grams. 10% of the bag. Of course, I'm outraged. I feel like I've just stumbled on the biggest underground controversy of the Halloween season. I was like, I need a full breakdown of this bag. Sit right there. I'm counting the rest of them right now. (laughs) So I grouped together the Nestle Crunch Bars, 19 of them. Then I count up the Baby Ruth, 17. At this point, I'm like, did we even get 80 pieces in this bag? I'm about to get really outraged. Like, not only did they short us on 100 grand, they shorted us on the entire bag. (laughs) Well, we did have 80. We actually ended up with 82, which, you know, I'll take that win. However, that means we had 38 little Butterfingers. 38. 17 Baby Ruths, 19 Nestle Crunches, 800 grand, and 38 Butterfingers. 46% of the bag was Butterfingers. (laughs) Uh, Butterfingers, listen, the flavor of a Butterfinger is great. I make this candy popcorn with crushed up Butterfingers that like melt into the popcorn that is great. Everyone likes it. Butterfingers have their place. But that place, I would say, is not in bar form. There's something about the texture of them. I don't know. It's just like, ugh, you know? What's wrong with 20 each? 
it would stand to reason in an 80 or even an 82 piece bag, that's roughly what you would expect to get. I know we live in an imperfect world. It's fine if it's not exact, but somewhere in that neighborhood, not 46% of one. (laughs) I'm sure I do not have to tell you that I felt completely justified and empowered at that point to keep every single one of those 100 grand bars for the household stash. (laughs) I was going to save a few of the Butterfingers to make that popcorn, but I was like, pass. Here you go, kids. Enjoy the Butterfingers. There's 38 of them. Uh, Okay, so as for the actual candy distribution, we also had to get our shoot set up. As I mentioned last time, we have a candy shoot at our house. A few years ago, inspired by Carson Daly and multiple other social media posts, I put together three cardboard mailing tubes with orange duct tape that we hung up over the porch. Kids would put their bags under it and we would drop the candy down from the second floor. It worked great, better than we even thought. It was a novelty for the kids, and we could just hang out outside, so we just kept bringing it back. So we've done it before. It's pretty much done, but there was a little prep that went into this. This year, I spruced it up with orange lights, which was great, great addition. We also, of course, had to hang it up, and the first time we did it, my husband said it wasn't lined up right, so I had to take it down and do it again. Long story short, I ran out of tape before I was like totally, totally done. It ended up being okay, but it definitely gave us an undercurrent of Halloween tension, (laughs) especially when it started pouring rain and the chute started sinking like ever so slightly. (laughs) It all worked out though. The chute was once again a hit. I have gotten so much mileage out of this thing. It's amazing. It's like in the top five of biggest upsides of anything I've ever done. I basically did it to prove my husband wrong when he said he wasn't sure it would work, and now it's like become our thing. I do think we will need a refresh next year. (laughs) It did rain a lot, and the shoot has taken a little bit of a beating, but overall, it worked out great. It was so funny. One kid (laughs) walked right into it. (laughs) He's headed for the front door. I was like, look up, look up. (laughs) He turns around, walks into it again. This other kid was like, man, how long did that take you to make? (laughs) I was like, don't ask too many questions. (laughs) I'm a media person. There are no engineers that live here. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it wasn't too bad. (laughs) The kids are so cute. They'll get up there and I'm like, okay, you know, ready? And they're like, ready. And then the candy lands in their bag and they're like, that's so cool. Like it's magic or something. There are a bunch of little girls who are always sweet. They're so excited. And they were like, we were hoping you would have this out again. (laughs) Um, We didn't really have injuries this year, (laughs) which is good. Last year, one of the candy bars bounced off a little girl's head. (laughs) None of that this year. It, It did start raining pretty hard for a while and was kind of windy. So we did have a run of a couple where the candy bounced off like into the flower beds. Then this little girl comes up and sees a piece of candy over there (laughs) and went like fully climbing behind our shrubs looking for more candy like she's on an Easter egg hunt. (laughs) I was like, there's probably a couple more. Take them all. (laughs) Which reminds me, I probably need to go check the flower beds. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, it was insane for like two hours. 
Uh, our process was that I would like lean over and greet the kids and help them get their bags lined up while my husband sent the candy down the chute. I kept getting on his case for going too slow. <laughs> He's like, stop shaming me to the kids. <laughs> but then at one point we had a line of like, I'm not even kidding, like 20 kids going down the sidewalk. And I was like, OK, I'll help. You know, it was a little intense. It was like, boom, 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 boom. I think we figured that we had around like 300 kids in total. We had to shut everything off a little after seven because we ran out and there was still a bunch of kids out. I was like creeping out there in the dark (laughs) to tear down the sign in between like trick-or-treating groups. So Halloween is in the books. The next big thing is that daylight saving time ends this weekend. If you asked me my official position on that, I guess I would say that it's fine. (laughs) It's whatever. I'm usually ready for an extra hour of sleep. It's fine. This year, though, I am a little bit like, ugh, you know, I feel like I forgot how early it gets dark. Like, I know it gets dark early, but yesterday it was really nice out. And my husband was like, do you want to go on a quick walk? And I was like, I've got to go drop a couple things off, but let's go when I get back. And he was like, we can't. It'll be dark. I was like, yeah, but not like fully dark, though. And he was like, yeah, like fully dark. So we did a quick loop behind our house, like 20 minutes. And sure enough, by the time we got back, it was like right around 550. It was getting dark. And the time change hasn't even happened yet. I saw this article. It's from Wirecutter. It has this drawing of like two sad eyes (laughs) with the headline, Daylight Saving Time is Ending. Here's how to adjust to the dark. The lead is so great. I'm going to read it. (laughs) Okay. It says, when the sky starts to turn colors at 4 p.m. and darkens by 5 p.m., my mood plummets with the sun. My eyes feel heavy, I can't stop yawning, and all I want to do is crawl under my weighted blanket and hibernate through the winter. (laughs) For the first few weeks after the end of daylight saving time, falling back one hour feels like I'm being punched in the face with sadness, (laughs) then body slammed straight into bed every night. (laughs) Falling back one hour... (laughs) Feels like I'm being punched in the face with sadness. (laughs) Then body slammed straight into bed every night. (laughs) At least we're all in this together. (laughs) So, So this is the easy one. You know, the one in March is the brutal one. But the story says, you know, it's great to get an extra hour of sleep. But it's the extra darkness all at once that makes it rough. Instead of that happening gradually, the story says this. Now, this is a quote. You lose an hour of evening light in a single blow. The nationwide equivalent of taking a short nap in the late afternoon and waking up an hour later in total darkness. (laughs) I think that is the perfect description. No wonder it can feel disorienting. (laughs) So So these are the tips they give to ease the transition. First one, stay up later. That's an easy one for me. Check. Next up, take advantage of the sun. They said especially if you can get out right before the sun sets, it will make you less likely to want to immediately fall into bed. Uh, stick to your usual routine. Like don't eat earlier. Don't get ready for bed earlier. Block early morning sunlight. That doesn't really bother me. It does bother my husband, but like blackout shades, a mask. The easy one, pull a blanket over your head, (laughs) you know, whatever works. (laughs) 
<laughs> Finally, my personal favorite, if all else fails, embrace hibernation. <laughs> Light a candle and get under that blanket. You do not have to tell me twice. <laughs> um, of course, that also kicks off the season of waking up at random hours of the night and going like, "Ugh, I fell asleep on the couch. Is the candle still going? Why didn't you wake me up? At least I took out my contacts first. <laughs> But you know, at least I'm cozy. <laughs> Happy hibernating. That's it for today's walk around the block. Follow the podcast on Instagram at walkthebluffpod. Subscribe or follow on Spotify or Apple or Google Podcasts and leave a review if you feel so inclined. Thank you to all who have left reviews already and I will see you next week.